Our thoughts are more important than we could ever have imagined. They define and organize our experiences. They help us learn. They help us reflect. They help us plan. They help us create. Our thoughts are endless. I'm Lisa Thompson. Please join me as we explore the enormous power of our minds. This is podcast number two, Managing Hurt. Well, hello. Welcome. How are you? I'm so excited to be with you. I just got my website up this weekend, and I'm still tweaking it, so it might take me a minute or two to get it uh, where I want it to be. So I'm offering some free coaching sessions for the next little while. So if you'd like me to coach you, go to www thoughtsreallymatter.com and sign up. When we have an emotion like disappointed, scared, or hurt, that emotion comes from a thought, or you might call it a story you tell yourself. And usually those types of emotions come from either an experience or words that someone has told us. We don't have any control over the experience or the words that we're told, but we can choose what we think about that experience. For example, if someone told us that they thought we were unkind, when it's something our brain doesn't like, we immediately go into either fight or flight mode. Our minds don't usually like that we are told we aren't nice, but when someone says something negative, our thoughts create a story in our head, and sometimes we aren't even conscious of that thought, and then an emotion is born, which in this instance, I'm going to say the emotion is hurt. It's good to label the emotion because it means we're more aware, which is the first step in being able to control our emotions. So what do we do when we feel hurt? We tend to react. And sometimes that reaction creates other emotions called a secondary emotion like anger. So it's like a chain reaction. We have a circumstance. We make a story out about that in our heads, which is just a thought. And then we create an emotion. And now we act. This is when we yell or storm out, or maybe we cry or just shut down, whatever. And when we feel these emotions, our brain can trigger physical pain, like our heart starts to beat faster, our breathing becomes heavy, or we feel like we have a knot in our stomach. These are all natural reactions associated to our feelings. So we can see that there is a lot going on in our mind and our body when we respond to the words that were said to us. Now, when you think about it, words are words, right? If we said you're unkind to an infant, that'd be all cute and possibly smile. Or we said those words to someone who didn't speak our language, the receiver wouldn't know anything that you were saying, just a bunch of words. So it's really our brain's interpretation of those words that create the feeling and then our action. And then the end result of all this is that we either start blaming the person for what they said to us or resist the pain we think they have inflicted on us, or we blame ourselves if we believe what they said was true, and then we have a tendency to spin on it, and then we're a big mess, right? Are you following me? Blaming is a big one. Our brain believes that when a person tells us that we are unkind, that it's a true statement, but in actuality, 
It's just a bunch of words, and we've interpreted them to mean something that makes us feel hurt. So at this point, we tend to act further and perhaps self-sabotage, like some of us might overeat, we might isolate ourselves, or we become sad and blue for several days, which is to- which it totally leads up to feeling unmotivated and useless. So what if we ask ourselves, is it really this other person's fault that I feel this way? Most of us might say, well, yeah, they told us we were unkind, so I would naturally feel hurt. But there are ways to avoid all this pain and deal with these types of situations. And I'm going to get to that in just a, a moment. So set this scenario aside. I'll get back to this. Because now I want to share with you an experience my husband and I had a couple years ago. My husband and I taught several conferences with young adults. They were ages of 18 through 26. And at one of these conferences, we had them write down answers to a question. And the question was, what are three traits that you like most about yourself? Not physical traits, just traits. We gave them a couple of minutes. And then as we looked out over the audience, I've never seen so many perplexed faces before. Almost every one of them struggled. When we asked them to share their answers, they couldn't even hardly find one, let alone three things that they liked about themselves. So then we asked them to write down three traits they liked about the person sitting to the right of them. Now, these young adults all knew each other, so it wasn't like they were strangers. So what do you think happened? They had no problem answering. So then we asked them to stand up and face that person and look them in the eye and tell that person the three things that they'd come up with. The most interesting things happened after they revealed their answers. The person giving the compliment said that they felt even more love for that person after having told them. And the person receiving the compliment came away with a greater sense of self-worth and sometimes a new revelation about themselves that they'd not ever seen in themselves before. And most interesting thing was that both parties felt greater motivation. The one receiving was more motivated to keep behaving the way they were perceived, and the one giving the compliment felt more motivated to look for the good in others and tell them more often. Now, let me ask you the same question. What are three traits that you like about yourself, not physical things? Could you easily tell me? Or would it be a struggle for you too? Would it be easier to tell me three traits about your child or your spouse or your best friend that you like? Why do you suppose? Why do you suppose it's more difficult to identify the good things about others than than about ourselves? Now, let me ask you another question. How often in a day do you think good thoughts about yourself? Do you ever congratulate yourself for a job well done? A lot of times we are just so harsh on ourselves. Sometimes I don't even think we realize it. So now let me ask you another question. Would you tell your best friend, your spouse, or your child the same things your mind tells yourself? It seems we respect others a lot more than we respect ourselves, doesn't it? So when we allow our brains to interpret thoughts, Sometimes we gather all kinds of evidence to support it. For example, if we tell ourselves, I'm just not very productive, then our brain finds ways to validate it by remembering all the times 
that we haven't been productive. Like maybe things like I let the dishes pile up in the sink this week or I didn't get done half the things I was going to do. So then our brain says, see, you're not a productive person. So no matter how many times a person can tell you they think that they think that you are organized and productive or whatever it is, unless you think that, you won't believe it. We're always the ones to see the worst in ourselves. So why is that? We can get ourselves into a tailspin, just like a dog who's continually chasing its tail. It's better to just stop rather than make ourselves dizzy with so many negative thoughts. So when it does come to negative thoughts about yourself, my best advice is to stop. I know this is easier said than done. We get into habits that's hard to break, but we can become more aware and we can stop ourselves from going through all the negativity. So let me offer you a few suggestions. Number one, we need to become a best friend with ourselves. We need to love ourselves, flaws and all. When we learn this, and it takes continual practice, then we can truly, truly love others. The best gift we can give to our kids or our spouse is really to love ourselves. Now, I'm not talking about in a narcissistic way. I'm talking in a healthy manner. So how can we do this? We need to first be aware of our thoughts. Sometimes our minds are so fleeting, and we miss what our brain's telling us. If we can make an effort to really be aware of what we're thinking, I think this is the first step. We really need to examine our minds. Number two, write down your best traits, not the physical ones. I'm talking about things like being trustworthy, having integrity, being forgiving, joyful, being thoughtful, charitable, honest, productive, whatever. But at the same time, realizing we're not looking for perfection here. I don't know of any human being who's perfect. Even though our minds like the idea of perfection, and we think it exists when we see and read about all the successful people out there, but no one is perfect. I actually prefer the word whole. To me, perfection means that being a whole person, not a flawless one. It just doesn't exist in the human population. But we can be well-rounded and we can be a whole person, even with flaws, allowing ourselves to say that we are good at some things and not so good at other things. Tell yourself this. It's actually quite liberating. Knowing that it's okay to be good at a few things is a much healthier mindset than trying to be perfect. We're trying to be a whole person, not a perfect person. Third, I'd like you to think of three things you don't like about yourself. One thing I hear over and over is that people feel disorganized or unproductive. But I like to think that we can be in charge of our thoughts when it comes to things that we don't like about ourselves. So perhaps instead of telling yourself, I'm disorganized or I'm not a productive person, what if you changed your thought to something like, I love it when I am organized. I love the feeling when I am productive. I may not always be this way and that's okay because I'm human. And I have plenty of other things I do like about myself. Doesn't that feel better than just telling yourself that you're disorganized? When you allow yourself to say things like, I'm not productive, you'll not ever have the motivation to be such. It's all about shifting your thought 
doesn't mean you have to seek for perfection. Just allow yourself to recognize who you really are. So now back to the first thing that we were talking about. Instead of feeling hurt if someone tells you that you're an unkind person, what could you tell yourself instead? Most likely it could be something like, this person telling me that I'm unkind must be hurting from something I've done. What if we tried to understand why that person is telling us that? What if we let our minds be curious before we jump into that fight or flight emotion? And what if we find out what's going on with that person stating that? Now, I'm not saying that we can't feel hurt if someone tells us we're unkind, but what if we just take a deep breath and let our minds explore and find out more first before we jump into our emotion? I hope this gives you a glimpse of just how powerful our thoughts can be and how powerful you are because you are in control of your thoughts. As you practice and learn this and become more aware, you will begin to feel liberated and empowered. And as a consequence, you'll feel more happiness and joy. Let me know what you think on my website at www.thoughtsreallymatter or send me an email at thoughtsreallymatter at gmail.com. Please hit that subscribe button to continue hearing my bod- my podcast, and it would mean a lot if you could rate or leave a review. I'm Lisa Thompson. Until next time.